What's the greatest obstacle or challenge facing you on your path to becoming financially free? For most of us, it's the time it takes to even focus on it. We're so busy with our lives that we don't even know where to start. Come join Joey and I and the team in Nashville, Tennessee, August 9th through the 11th, as we break down the different ways that you can become financially free and introduce you to different strategies and speakers who can help you on that first step. You have questions? This event is designed to give you the answers, to take action fast, to turn the decades it's taken us to learn this and turn them into days. Don't hesitate. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash live. And don't forget to use the promo code podcast to get a deep discount. In today's podcast, we're going to break down, is crypto a way to build passive income? And the only reason we're talking about this is because in 2022, we had income streams from 11 different places, and we decided to try to go through these this year on the podcast so that you would understand more behind what's going on with them, and are they potential streams of income for you? Stallion, crypto as a passive income stream, do you believe that after going through this podcast that you've uncovered another way for us in 2023 to make more passive income through this asset class? I'll tell you what, you and me, no. No, there's no way. Because what it requires is you to have a really strong working knowledge of the technology and the projects and all of the different things that are going on in that space. And they're constantly changing and evolving. And to be honest, I just don't work that hard. You know that. Like, I want to watch the Masters right now. I don't want to be watching talking heads, talking about the latest polka dot project or the hex project or the fill in the blank and who's staking what cryptos for what percentage. And that to me is way too much information. That's my take on it. What about you? Well, here's the thing is that right now you have currencies across the world failing, right? You see that the Turkish lira has lost, I don't know, 50, 60% of its value. Um, the Nigerian currency is in decline. And we know that we're seeing, you know, countries ganging up, if you will, against the U.S. dollar. And we're wondering, how is the dollar going to react? Well, I do believe that we need a decentralized currency. I do believe that there's value in having money stored in things other than just fiat paper currency like our U.S. dollar. Now, as we break this down today, we will we will uncover a couple of things probably you know and maybe give you some insights around those. But also we're going to talk about some things maybe you haven't thought about and mostly because we brought in an expert guest, somebody yes, who knows a please. lot more than we did about this subject matter. So if you're interested in crypto, you want to know how blockchain works, you want to see how is this uh, utility uh, of this um, currency going to impact us in the future? How can it impact me today? Maybe you're interested in some of the unique um, coins that are out there. Stallion said he wasn't, but JD, I know he was. We're going to talk about all those things and more. Stallion, sit in your chair. Let's pull up to the table and belly up. Belly up. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. 
These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Welcome into the Financial Freedom Roundtable, where each week we break down complex financial topics so that you can more easily understand it and more importantly, take action on your path to becoming financially free. If this is your first time joining us. Welcome. Grateful to have you in the room. I'm Russ Morgan. They call me the idea guy, mostly because lack of follow through guy or bad internet guy just didn't sound so cool. But enough about me for a moment. Let me introduce you to my co-host, my partner. He's the Italian stallion. He's got the license plate cover to prove it. Mr. Joey Murray. Joey, good afternoon. Good afternoon, my friend. Um, it's a great week. It's Master's Week, but I know that's not what we're talking about here today. We're actually talking about crypto and how to make it passive. Uh, this is this is I'm I'm really excited about this. Are you a crypto master? Is that what you're trying to say? That is, there's nothing further from the truth uh, than that. <laughs> well, why do you think it's so important for us to be breaking down this topic, Sam? Well, I think um, everybody's interested in what's going on in the world right now um, from the standpoint of banks failing, from the standpoint of uncertainty, economic issues. And to be honest, crypto is one of those that could get lumped into that, or it could be one of the things that we look to as a, a place of stability. Um, and so I think it's in, interesting enough for us to spend the time on and to try to uncover what of those things are myths and what of those things are truth and and then from there see if we can make it a passive income asset as well mm, all right how about you Good stuff well i i think it's important man when you're considering the level of inflation we're at and we haven't even touched the fact that the money supply continues to expand there's a lot of money that even hasn't even hit circulation yet and to be talking about potential assets that are decentralized that in of themselves cannot be duplicated, meaning that we can't inflate them. I, I love this idea as a potential way that we might be able to store our value in something other than USD. And there's a lot more to talk about on that, but we got to introduce our guests, our coaches. That's right. We got a dream team of financial coaches here. To my left, I got Mr. Incredible, his superpower, speed to financial freedom. And the real beauty of that speed is it's contagious. My man, Mr. J.D. Hill, say hello to your fans, J.D. Hey, fans. And hey, Courtney. Um, man, I, Russ, you know that uh, I love talking about a lot of things. Um, and this is something that I'm really, really going to love to talk about. <laughs> Why do you think it's so <laughs> important for us to talk about that? <laughs> I think it's important to talk about because um, I, I want to wallow in self-pity. Uh, because I have lost so much money in crypto. I mean, it's embarrassing how much money I've lost in crypto. I however, I will say this. It, technically, it's only a loss if you realize those losses. And I haven't actually realized them. So there's still a chance they could come up, right? We're, we're going we're gonna to cross our fingers and, and hope we're going to the moon. Uh, but right now, I'm, I'm in the gutter. Well, we can talk about that Bitcoin four-year cycle later on. So <laughs> Yes, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. We're if you know if you have any legal background, Courtney, we'll be asking for that later as we try to get some money out of uh, bankruptcy. But one second before I come to that, 
I got to get over to the right side of the table. We got the retiree of the group. Mr. Catch me if you can when he's not killing bears with his bare hands or spear diving for tuna. He's right here dropping gold nuggets. The one and only Mark Haraguchi. Welcome, Mark. Oh, good afternoon. You know, to to, to follow on JD's theme, uh, if you really want to know when the time is to not get into Bitcoin or some type of crypto, just ask me and wait for me to decide to buy. And that's when you should absolutely put the brakes on any type of dollars flowing into it. Um, I have a great track record over the last two uh, dumps in the cycle of being there right at the top. You know, just just, just like a roller coaster, I'm as we're heading on down. Um, so for for me, this is important because the very first couple times I got in, it was purely a speculative play. Right, I was going into it because I had heard some things. I wanted something decentralized. I wanted something off the beaten path that wasn't quote tied. But now I've actually found some other ways to actually take, which is what we, we preach, right? Which is generated even when I go to sleep and I'm not necessarily playing into that speculative arena that I did in the, in the beginning. No, good stuff there, man. There was nothing worse than walking into class when you're in school and the teacher saying, pop quiz day, why? Because you were unprepared. Are you unprepared though for financial freedom? Don't be. Find out how close you are by taking our 30-second quiz at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash quiz. All right. Well, we have a special guest for you today, somebody who actually has expertise and I believe from everything I've listened to, knows what she's talking about in the space. She's shared stages with Robert Kiyosaki. She's shared stages with Peter Schiff. Now she gets to share one with the Italian stallion, Mr. Joe Murray. Not only is she super smart, but she's to the point, and she also agrees with me that Brahms ice cream in the DFW area is not where you take your friends, unlike our friend JD did. Welcome on our special guest, Miss Courtney Muller. Great to have you, Courtney. Oh, you guys are awesome. This has been so much fun already. I wish that this was how all of my interviews and podcasts went. You guys are awesome. And well, thank you, just you so much for having me. We're, we're glad to have you. Can you just real quick, just ask Russ to say circulation again? Can somebody right. ask him? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, I told you, Courtney, this is where it is. Like, just call it out. Whenever somebody messes up, just throw it out there. Let them know. Circulation. 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 Okay. <laughs> I, yes. All right. Enough about you, JD. We're on Sorry. to Courtney. Yes. Courtney, yes. why do you think it's important for us to be breaking down crypto or blockchain as a potential source for our money? No, and that's such a great question. Even just to start that off, I was sitting here thinking about, gosh, which direction are we going to go? Um, but the one thing that's so important is to understand that there is a difference in crypto and blockchain. So you've got blockchain, the technology, and then you've got crypto, which is just one teeny tiny little thing that blockchain has the capability of doing. So, you know, blockchain in and of itself is a digital ledger. Um, crypto, and actually, gosh, I mean, I think there's like 100,000 different tokens and coins out there at this point in time. Um, but I would say probably the majority of them, we're going to see something like the dot-com era, and the majority of them are going to go bust. They're They're not worth anything. They're useless, kind of like some of the doge coins and some of the other things that we've seen out there but there are some really great projects that are doing things um that are really having a big effect on a lot of different markets from you know medical records to pro product supply chains and um 
real estate and everything. So I'm really excited about it. Just like y'all were saying earlier, you know, being able to store funds that can't be confiscated unless you keep it on an exchange, which is a whole other topic, but being able to keep your money somewhere and, and then even actually earning interest on that is awesome. And I'm a huge proponent of having money outside of a system that can be confiscated. So, yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, the whole confiscation thing that really, it really stings, doesn't it, JD? Oh, whoops. I heard Doge was going to the moon. That way I was misinformed, apparently. I mean, I still because you never know. You never Is know. It? You never know. Listen, I get all of my crypto advice from the gram. Let's be honest. <laughs> exactly. This is, this is really good. If you want to get information on how to be a financial advisor uh, or financial influencer, go to the gram and you know all you need to know. All That's right. right. Well, mm. we, we've got to talk about crypto and its relevancy to us. We need to talk about its utility, but I also got to break it down whether or not we truly can make it passive, right? Because our, our podcast is typically about how do we build more passive income than we have monthly expenses. You know that we're covering these different passive income strategies because this is something Joey and I did in 2022. Now, granted that one of the things that we were doing was mining the cryptocurrency. So it was super passive for us not for those who are operating the mining operation, but for us, it was super passive. Now, most of our mining has gone away because we were mining Ethereum. And unfortunately, they moved to proof of stake. So we're going to talk a little bit about maybe what the options are out there. Um, the difference between different cryptocurrencies, I think sometimes we all get lumped into, it's like an Airbnb. That's a great thing, but a short-term rental doesn't necessarily have to be operated on Airbnb. But good for Airbnb that they get the name. Same thing with crypto. Crypto is often lumped in and people mean Bitcoin or they mean Ethereum or Dogecoin or Hex or whatever the, the one that's out there. And they're not always the same. So we need to break that down. So if it's all right, let's take, take this in three big chunks. Let's talk about one, how does this technology improve our lives? Because you were talking about that a second ago, Courtney. I want to dig into that about there's a lot more to this and how does that work? Secondly, how can we make money? Can we make money? Because we can't listen to Joey, can't listen to me. Obviously, based upon JD's experience, can't listen to him. So can we make money in this space? And third, how do we manage risk? How do we avoid losing money? And that may happen in those exchanges or different ways in which we can get market acceptance. So coming to you first, Courtney, I want to talk a little bit about how does this technology improve our lives in your opinion? There are about a thousand different answers to that, first of all. So, um, and I guess it really just depends on who you're talking to. You know, when I was in Bitcoin Miami last year, um, one of the most amazing things that, you know, I was listened to was this woman that lived in North Korea and she was able to move her money into a Bitcoin wallet. And as they fled and got to China, you know, a lot of these people that escape from these countries are then forced into sex slavery and all kinds of things because they don't have access to money and that sort of thing. So really you're giving people the ability to have money and have access to the money that they need. And, you know, a lot of people are working in different places, you know, sending questions or sending money. I'm sorry, I just read that question, uh, sending money back home to the people that they're working for. So it provides banking opportunities. Um, gosh, there and I mine, I hold a lot of different coins. There are there's a company here in the Dallas Fort Worth area called Carnomaly that is um actually in the process of 
they've actually partnered with the National Motor Vehicle Title Administration to make every single VIN an NFT. And that way you can track all of the maintenance information for a car, everything that's happened, but then also providing a decentralized way for people to go in and purchase a car and eliminate the banking system. And I think we're going to see that roll into real estate. Um, I've actually got another friend that's in the area that is almost transferred every single um, real estate transaction at the county level for the DFW area onto blockchain. And so that is going to eliminate a lot of what we need for title policies and title insurance. And it speeds up those transactions. It reduces the cost. Um, when you're able to access information for a property 24 hours a day, um, it just streamlines everything and makes it more convenient. And I think really, for the most part, that's what blockchain has the ability do, to do for everything is streamline it, make it more convenient, eliminate a lot of the corruption that we see in a lot of these spaces. Um, I was talking to somebody in the medical field the other day, and I think 30% is what they said of the pharmaceuticals that reach our pharmacies are fake. And I had no idea that it was that large of a number. That is significant. So when you can track products through the supply chain, whether it's wine or Louis Vuitton purses or pharmaceuticals, um, it really streamlines that process. So this is one of those technologies that's not just going to change you know, Bitcoin, you know, where you're just holding, you know, money in a wallet somewhere, but it's really going to affect every industry across the board. And every now and then, you know, we see a technology come into play that does that, that's disruptive across the board. You know, electricity did that, internet did that, blockchain is that next thing that's going to do that. We've just got to get people educated on the difference in blockchain and crypto. Joey, you're muted. I got you, buddy. My, my bad. Thank you. I got you, bro. Um, no doubt, for sure, Courtney. Thank you for, for breaking that down. And when we met you in Dallas at the Real Estate Guys um, event, you were talking more about tokenization in light of this, kind of to take this one step further. Talk to me about what tokenization is and like how you're seeing it applied specifically. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. And that, you know, tokenization has become this buzzword over the course of this last year. And um, essentially, when you tokenize an asset, you are creating shares of it like you would shares of a company on the stock market. And so everybody always watch out, watch how you watch how you cut. We don't allow curse words on the show, Courtney. We, <laughs> we should have told you that. You know, we don't say right. the S word or right. the Wall Street okay. word. Okay, I apologize. Yes, I'm sorry. I, Keep I, going. Am not, I am not a stockholder, so uh, <laughs> Amen. I am a market. You know, my whole goal with this tokenization project I'm working on is to pull as much money off of Wall Street and put it back on Main Street. And yes. so, you know, our, our vision is to create kind of the Amazon marketplace of assets. And when you tokenize an asset, you know, if you've got an apartment complex or storage facility or Bitcoin mining fund or, you know, whatever that asset is, and you tokenize it, you're creating those tokens, the shares, you know, of that asset that can be traded on the marketplace like crypto or the S word or, you know, anything else like that. So you really have the potential to create liquidity and just tokenizing something's not going to create liquidity. I, I hear that all the time. Everybody talks about this liquidity that's going to be created, but you've got to have a marketplace. You know, the reason we have so much liquidity in the stock market is because there's so many people using it. And if somebody's selling, there's always a buyer. So you've got to have that in this situation too. So we are really working to create this marketplace where you can come in. And one of the really exciting things that people don't understand is that 
you know, for an accredited, uh, you know, 506C deal, you know, a year later, that accreditation status lifts and it's gone. So if you have shares of an asset, those can be sold to somebody that's non-accredited at that point in time after that one-year lockup. And so, um, you know, now you've got an asset that's potentially proven its place in the marketplace. And if somebody needs to sell 10% of their holdings, or maybe they need to get a small amount liquid, or maybe there's a divorce happening and they've got to split assets. Now, if you've got tokenized assets, you're able to do that without having to get rid of the entire assets. So it's, it's very exciting. And then you can kind of tie that back into decentralized banking. And I think eventually this is a little further down the road, but you know, instead of you should never have to sell an asset anymore. You could be able to go in and um, tokenize that and raise the money that you need to either pay your investors or do whatever you need through that decentralized space, eliminating a lot of the cost uh, that we normally see in the traditional banking system. And so it's it's exciting, you know, as we are seeing a lot of things move forward. Like I said, this goes back to that education on what blockchain is and how it affects everything. Because people right now, you know, as we've seen, you know, the fall of S FTX and, you know, Celsius go down and some of these other places, people are really scared. And part of that is just from the lack of education and knowing, you know, the safe practices of holding crypto and where you should be. And you had a lot of really big names tied in with FTX. There were a lot of, a lot of big investors, a lot of holders of that. And, um, I think there was a lot of money laundering and that's a whole nother, you know, rabbit hole to go down. And so, um, so you have to be very careful. And, you know, I have a Bitcoin mining fund and I spent an hour educating my investors on, you know, where they needed to store the Bitcoin that we were mining and to not, yeah, some, some of them had, were giving me, you know, Coinbase wallet addresses. And I was like, no, no, you know, you need to store this in either hot or cold storage. You know, if you have anything on an exchange, they, there's a, a saying we have in the crypto space, and it's not your keys, not your coins. And just like our traditional banking system, um, they have ultimate control. They can stop you from pulling your money out of that system. And exchanges have that same ability as we have seen. And so you've got to uh, make sure that you're holding something in a place where you are the only one that has control over it. And that's what I really, really love about crypto and the advantages, you know, I, I have access to my money all the time. You know, I've got a crypto.com visa card. I can roll Bitcoin or dollars or whatever, right onto that card. And I can take my money wherever I need to go without any kind of conversion fees or anything. And I have access to it as long as I've got my phone, which is great. That's so good. That is incredible. And you said a lot of things um, that I, you know, when I feel like I'm from Alabama right now because it went a little bit over my head. Um, but, you know, so we, one, you did thank you for sharing how this technology will improve our lives. And I feel like you could probably spend hours and hours, you know, on this. Oh, one did I even answer that question? I feel like I just went off. No, I, I think you did. I, I thought it was great. Um, you answered some, some, some really great questions. I'm a real estate investor myself. So I'd love to talk offline more about some of those transactions that you're talking about because title companies are, um, anyways, but, but let's talk about point number two right? Which is how do you make money? Right? Because currently to date, I've made no money. And I would love to figure out how you actually make money in crypto. Yeah, that's, that's great. You know, when I bought, I bought Bitcoin back at like $3,800. And, you know, I came into it, I call Bitcoin the gateway crypto, because every, you know, I feel like everybody comes in for Bitcoin, but then, you know, you learn about all these other projects and things and, um, you know, get your eyes opened up to this whole other world. And so, 
Um, there's a lot of ways, you know, back when, you know, I wrote it up to the $67,000 mark, which was the last all-time high that Bitcoin hit. It has this four-year cycle that it goes on. And, um, you know, every time it crashes afterwards, it's this typical cycle, you know, Peter Schiff is online talking about it's going to zero and, you know, nobody should hold Bitcoin. And, but what I do is I, I am... I'm trying to accumulate as much Bitcoin as I can, but I hold a lot of other, you know, BNB, Cosmos, uh, Polkadot. Uh, gosh, I have a, a bunch of different, you know, ones that are my favorites, uh, Cardano. And so what I would do is as we're nearing that peak is, you know, take profit and pump it into real estate and other things. But probably one of the favorite things I ever did was about a year and a half ago, um, I borrowed some money against my house at three and a half percent. And I was able to convert it to USDC, which is a stable coin. And I was getting 14% on it on crypto.com. So it was covering, you know, um, my payment, my taxes. My, I mean, I was literally cash flowing my house, which was awesome. And, you know, everybody thinks that their house is an asset, but it's actually a liability because you've got a lot of expenses that go into that. So then they changed their, you know, staking interest that they were paying out. And so I've had to kind of move that around and shuffle it around and figure that out. But one of my other, um, Adam is one of my favorite coins and I'm getting about 23% of it. I've, I hold it on a trust wallet and I'm able to stake it, get 23% interest. And it's one of my favorite um, <clears throat> crypto projects because they're doing a lot to solve a lot of problems. And which is something you really got to do. If you're going to buy into these, you've got to kind of take a look at, you know, who's involved with the project, what problems are they solving, who's backing it, you know, is anybody else doing what they're doing? And um, this was one that that I've, I've liked for a really long time, but they are really, you know, Bitcoin can only be sent across Bitcoin's blockchain. Ethereum can only be um, sent on Ethereum's blockchain. They are working on cross, being able to send things cross chain. So they're solving a lot of issues in the space. And there's a lot of other projects that are building on it. So it is one of my favorites. I'm The interest on it's awesome. I'm getting tons of airdrops from these other projects that are building on it. So you can definitely stake and you can stake in safe places, safer places, you know, than exchanges and things things like that. But mining is probably one of my other favorite places to earn money passively. And it's so much more than just mining. And we decided to mine. I'm very strategic in my investments. And part of the reason we chose to mine was because you're buying that equipment. So you're getting depreciation. So right off the bat, you're lowering your risk some because you're getting depreciation on that equipment. And then, um, and then you're earning that, you know, monthly Bitcoin. And so, um, this I've got two mining funds, which is awesome. We do monthly payouts in Bitcoin and um, we try to make sure that we are um, really educating our investors on, you know, where to store that when, to, you know, when they potentially might want to sell it. And, um, you know, we spent a little time going over that four year cycle. And as you know, um, gosh, we are moving in. So Bitcoin's going to have in somewhere between February and May of next year. And um, <laughs> Yes, buy, buy, buy. Yes, it is a great buying time. You buy when there's blood in the streets. When everybody else is scared, that's when you buy. And that's when we when we got our started our fund because we were able to get our mining equipment super cheap. And so um, anyway, so depreciation and then you're mining it for cheaper than what you can get spot on the market. Now, in mining, it's you've got a lot of um, you've got to be very careful who you get involved with there because there's a lot of bad actors in that space along with the exchange space and everywhere else. So you've got to be very careful who you get involved with. I had a friend that lost every single penny he had because he took a loan out against his house to buy mining equipment and it all got stolen. So making sure that you are 
tied in with reputable people and miners is super, super important. So, um, so yeah, so I mine, I have a handful of different things that I'm staking and earning interest on. And those are my two favorite ways to actually earn passive income. And my plan is to ride this up. You know, we will slowly trend upwards as we move into that Bitcoin having um, that in that February to May of next year. And then about that year after is when we're going to see Bitcoin top out and hit its next new all time high, which I am predicting to be around 165,000. So we'll we'll revisit this, you know, later on down, you know, here in a couple when, of years, see where we were. When is this supposed to take place? <laughs> so um, Bitcoin having happens somewhere between February and May of 2024, and then it will go on to hit its next new all time high about a year afterwards. So we are going to be looking in that May to August of 2025 for its next new all time highs. So 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 basically, J.D., let us know right when you're about to buy so that we can all sell. Perfect. Well, because we know, know that's when when you are sitting in a car and your taxi cab driver is like, yeah, you know, you need to buy Bitcoin or you're hearing all these, you know, famous people pushing it, you know, it's time to sell. And right now, while everybody is scared to death and everybody thinks crypto is going to zero, this is when you come in and buy. If you've listened to our show for any length of time, you've heard us talk about infinite banking and how we were able to use that concept to create over $50,000 a month in passive income. It's just not that easy to figure out how does this all connect into my own personal system. Stallion, that's why we created the Passive Income Operating System, bro. It shows you how to turn active income into passive income. It makes all the steps come together. If you would like to get access to it as a podcast listener, we've never given this away in public before. Go to whatswhatwallstreet.com forward slash P-I-O-S. Courtney, what I what I wanted to come back to, so I I do some mining as well, and I think that has been my understanding of the most passive way that I can do it. But you also mentioned two other things. Number one, if you can solve the DME, DMV through blockchain, I do believe there's a Nobel Prize in there because <laughs> I think everyone can agree that place needs to be torpedoed so we can get stuff done. Well, I mean, Chick-fil-A needs to go in and teach those people how to do how to do it. I mean, Chick-fil-A yes. needs to teach the whole world everything, actually. I mean, they've got their stuff down to a science. Mm-hmm. So circling back to, you know, how, how is this technology going to you know in, improve our lives? But well, there was something else I, I wanted to come back to is you mentioned being able to, to get a depreciation off of your mining equipment. Mm -hmm. There is a, a fair amount of noise from the, the, the green portion of the world that says there's a tremendous amount of energy draw. Mm -hmm. Is there any opportunity you see with, within the, the, the blockchain space and then as a further extension of the crypto space? for this to have some type of green initiative backing behind it so that we can be incentivized from the government to help promote this and then actually create another income stream for ourselves. Well, it's interesting that you say that because I can tell you that about 60% of Bitcoin is, is mined with renewable resources. Um, and a lot of people don't understand that. And yes, it takes a ton of energy, a significant amount of energy, but most of it's done with renewable resources. And one of the things that we are looking at now is, is even going in and acquiring um, either a solar field or a wind farm, you know, something along those lines, because the the credits from that renewable, you know, energy is significant. And it's like 
a dollar for dollar credit that you get towards your taxes. So my thoughts were to go in, you know, acquire these, you know, solar farm or wind farms, get those tax credits and then sell that energy to the Bitcoin miners. So you are now cash flowing that to, you know, the people that have come in and, you know, invested in the solar space. And so um, I, I think there's a ton of space. There's some people that are mining with hydro dams and, and some other things, you know, El Salvador mines with the volcano. And even from there, they are now turning around and using the heat that's coming off these miners. The, the miners create a significant amount of heat and they're capturing that heat and they're using it to, you know, heat buildings. They're using it for food. I had no idea that heat was such a big proponent of hydroponics and other stuff. So they're using it in the food growth space and a, and a lot of other areas. So the ingenuity all never ceases to just amaze me at what people come up with and what they're able to do. Yeah, that's that, that's really interesting that they're using lava as a way to create energy. And that that's a great point, Mark, to ask, to figure out how do we look at what the the government wants, right? I mean, I, I know that you're tokenizing real estate, right? Real estate's one of those items that government wants us to do. They they talk about it. That's why we get the deductions. We we see that in the energy space. How do we we look to see the things that they're pushing? And try to get involved in that because there's the way, right? I mean, I, I know that there's a site that follows Nancy Pelosi's trades, and we all know that you know if you could only get in and, and front run anything that she's going to do, we're going to all make money, right? So if you can figure out what's on the agenda there in in Washington, we we can make we can make some decent money. So we've been covering how does this technology improve our lives. Secondly, how do we make money in it, and then thirdly, how do we manage risk? So one of the questions. You kind of touched on this briefly, but I'd like to break this out because it was kind of skimmed over. Let's talk about the difference between cold storage and exchanges. What are some of those places that you are talking about with the people in your mining fund of where they should be uh, looking to store coins? Because clearly it's not in BlockFi like uh, Joey, JD, and my money. Yep, I lost four Bitcoin on Celsius, which was such a bummer. And so, you know, one of the things that I tell everybody is to make sure that you, you know, don't keep all your eggs in one basket. That way, um, you know, I, I knew the risk in potentially being in some of these places and, you know, Celsius and BlockFi and a couple of others were supposed to be some of the safer, safer places that were insured. And, you know, even if something happened, there was insurance that would cover that. And, um, but I can also tell you that, you know, our FDIC insurance that everybody thinks is so amazing doesn't really protect people as much as they think that it would. And it's, I think they only hold, it's a very small percentage of what they can actually back compared to what they can actually pay out if everybody, if they needed to cover everybody's money. And so, but back to the exchanges. So any kind of exchange, um, I will buy things there. You know, Coinbase is a safe place. Of course, they're under attack right now from the SEC. Um, you know, Gemini, Crypto.com, there's, you know, a handful of these places where you can buy it, but you always want to turn around and move it to cold or uh, hot wallets. And so hot wallets are going to be something like an app on your phone. I've got Trust Wallet and um, gosh, I've got about a thousand different wallets on my phone. Let's see. Um, Trust Wallet is my favorite. Um, it's very easy to use. Um, I was able to go in and create wallets for my kids. And I think I've got eight different wallets on there. So, um, and then there's Ledger and um, the Ledger Nano X is the cold storage wallet I use. It is, um, it looks like a USB stick. Um, 
But I can tell you what a lot of people don't realize is that you're not actually storing it in those wallets. Those wallets just point to where your crypto is on the blockchain. And so anytime you're going to maintain those keys where you've got the keys to your wallet, that's where you want to store your crypto. You don't ever want to keep it on Celsius or on Robinhood or any of these places because you do not maintain 100% control of it. They can confiscate it. They can take it. They can shut it down. And there's nothing you can do about it. And so um, trust wallet or you know some of these other hot wallets that are that are apps. I like those, and then I like the um, Trezor and Ledgers are both really good cold storage devices. And so what I tell everybody is those wallet keys. Everybody's always so concerned about people having like their Bitcoin address, and that information is not going to hurt anything. You know those twelve to twenty four keywords to your your wallet, those are like your username and password to your bank account. You know, those are the words I have mine written down, laminated and in a fireproof safe. And so those are the things you don't ever want to share. Um, and as long as you have those words, even if you were to lose your ledger or something, you can open up a new one and import those words and recover your crypto. And so um, it's just really, really important. Those those words are the most important thing. You should never share them with anybody. And uh, here's the other thing I'd like to share as well. Don't ever take a screenshot of them. Don't take a picture of them with your phone. Don't save your login information where it automatically logs you in. I manually log in every single time. I have a book that has my passwords. Is it a pain? Yes. But I had a friend here recently that stored all his information in the cloud and it was hacked and he had $2 million in Bitcoin stolen out of his wallet. So you cannot share any of, you cannot save any of that stuff in the cloud or anywhere else. All of those things are hackable, all of it. Unreal, unreal. So, all right, Courtney, I know we have to wrap up and, but the, the people that we serve in our, in our community are largely looking for a way out um, not everybody, but majority of people are in a W-2 or in a business that's really, you know, holding them back from the life that they really want, the financial freedom aspect of having more passive income than they have monthly expenses. Mm -hmm. I, we're trying to put crypto in the position of, is this one of those places that if I'm, uh, you know, trying to make that exit, is there a specific strategy you would say, if you do this, I could see you getting to a point where you could get free from that, um, you know, to creating that passive income that you really want? You know, I mean, I would say probably the easiest thing to do right now, you could literally just buy Bitcoin or some of these other coins and tokens and just hold it. I mean, you could literally just hold it until that year after the next halving. And I mean, you're going to have a ton of capital gains, um, but there's ways to offset that too. And so, um, you know, any of these, you know, Adam and some of these others where you can earn so much interest on it. Um, I like those places where you can do that. And you, there's a lot of places where you can earn interest on several things, you know, Polkadot, Adam, there's a lot of different um, crypto projects that you can earn money on. So mining and literally, seriously, like right now, Bitcoin, I think is at $28,000. And everybody always says, you know, do we wait for it to hit 25 or 22? Is it going to 16? And um you know, I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know where it's going to go here recently. We've got volatility. If we have another stock market crash, which I think potentially could be coming, that's going to hit crypto too, because it's about 90% correlated to the NASDAQ. It, eventually that will depeg. And I think um, as we've seen some of these issues with our banking systems and everything else, and people are looking for a safer place to store their funds, um, 
I think we're going to see that continue to break apart. But I mean, you, I mean, even just buying it and holding it and just waiting, it's just a waiting game. It's a long game. Okay. But let me, let me ask a question in light of that. So let's say today I buy it. It has this massive uptick, like you're saying in the next 18 months or so, two years. And at that point I start staking it because I've had this massive increase in crypto. I could then potentially use that as my income, the the interest of that staking process to then feel like my my bills are paid and I no longer have to go to that nine to five. Yeah. And there's places where you can stake USDC. You know, USDC is the US dollar coin. It's pegged to the dollar. Um, You know, it had a little bit of an unpegging when SVB failed just because I think it was 25% of the money that backed USDC was held in that bank, which was about $10 billion or so. Oh, wow. It was a it was a significant amount. I can't remember what the actual number was, um, but that's my favorite place to hold dollars um, and hold it in an account that is not confiscatable. And so, um, and I'm earning interest on that. And everything I earn interest on, I'm getting anywhere from five to you know thirty percent on the different things that I hold. And so, obviously, if you're holding Atom or Bitcoin, you're subject to the volatility of that coin um, or token. And so, I, I hold it in a little bit of both places. And so I'm realizing those gains in both places. I love passive income. My goal is to have, you know, 50 different, you know, passive income streams. Man, this is so good. I know that um, there's a lot to cover here and we only had a fraction of the time. And Courtney, so thankful that you came on. For those who want to go follow more about what you're doing, where would you tell them to gain more information from you? Yeah, gosh, um, my website, I've, it's CourtneyMuller.com. That's probably the best place to go. I've got a little bit of everything that I've got going on on that page. It's it's a lot just because I've got my hands in a lot of cookie jars. So, All right, cool. Thank you so much. All right, coaches, we got to give final thoughts on this. I'm coming around to you first, Stallion. Breaking down crypto as a passive income option. Your final take. All right, so it's a little bit hazy to me as to how I can actually create the income that I would want to be financially free. But I get this picture in my brain of being the the early adopter. Mm-hmm. Like that's the piece that I see that crypto is for me. I'm not I'm not like throwing tons and tons of money towards it. I see it as a good hedge against the dollar. But being on the front end, uh, and I'll give you this really quickly, one of my friends in college, we're all hanging out in the fraternity doing all sorts of, you know, amazing things together. And he was investing in uh, Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. And this guy is a genius. He's made who knows how much money from investing in crypto that early on. And if we look at it in terms of where we're at, Crypto is still in the early, early, early stages. Uh, and so I, that's what I look at as the value to this. Um, how can we how can we get on that front end? And so I'm grateful, Courtney, you were able to join us and, and help educate us today. That's awesome. Saying, um, we'll have to ask you later about those amazing things. Mark, final take. I've got my miners. They're working as we sit here as we're having this conversation. So for me, I've found the passive avenue for me and uh, those things just keep on plugging and chugging. And yes, we did take the bonus depreciation. So that was pretty awesome. Nice. 
JD. Um, you know, it's funny. I was chatting here with Russ uh, directly so nobody could see our messages. Um, I, I was telling him that I have never in my life lost money and been interested to figure out how to get back into the place that I lost money in. And you've done such a great job of keeping me engaged in this crypto space uh, that I know there's, I know there's value there. I just, I don't understand it. Right. And there's so much to it um, to, to really be able to understand it so that just like with anything, right. Once you understand it, then there's obviously you understand how to maximize it and see the opportunity, those types of things. Uh, and I feel like you've done a great job of helping to, to give people a space to, to better understand these types of things. Uh, so I do appreciate that. Thank you so much. And again, I, um, I think, I think in the big picture, there's certainly ways to be able to create passive income on this. And it's just a matter of just figuring out how to do that. So thank you for, for sharing, uh, your thoughts and expertise with us. Totally. Well, again, thank you so much, Courtney, for being a guest. Thank you coaches for asking great questions. This is definitely one of those interesting ideas. We have to see how does it fit for us? If, if this is the first investment you're making, it probably is going to fit more up there on the speculative ladder. It may, maybe shouldn't be the first thing we do. But as you start acquiring different passive income streams, you start investing into different assets and you're looking for a different place to store cash and you're looking for a different way to maybe hedge against some of the craziness that's happening, I think you ought to definitely consider it. Know what you're doing. Find experts in the space like Courtney that you can follow and then acquire as you go, whether it's Bitcoin mining uh, or it's getting in a mining fund of some sort. Maybe that's your avenue. Either way, hopefully you've gained a little bit of insight. Please pass this along. Share this with somebody else. Rate and review the show. As always, we appreciate you listening. Have an amazing day. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.